Hello and welcome to When Will It End Reunion. Finally, Charles and I are back together after all these years. Wow. And look how we've grown. Oh look how we've changed. God. I wish that were true. That would have been ju- if we had been doing our jobs, we could have figured out a way to record in person for this episode during COVID. No, that would have been a bad idea. <laughs> well, no, we could have, you know, met in a field somewhere, set up a, a recorder. Like I could have sat 12 feet from you. We could have had the device six feet between us. And it could have been like a reunion. It could have been like this reunion where the friends, the lads, they get back together after all those years. They, they go to yard dogs. Oh. Dog years. Dog years. Sorry. Who cares? Dog years. Everyone's beloved <laughs> hot doggery in East Falls, Michigan. You know, this has been such a journey. We're, we're ending, no matter how we cut it, this is the end of the Eugene Levy run of eight consecutive what a American run. Pie installments. And may I just... <laughs> the fact that this movie gives him the incredible dignity of going out with quite the bang to finish off this unprecedented run for this podcast, it felt like as mixed our feelings likely are about the movie American Reunion, which is not a very good movie. It was wonderful. Uh, I liked that the moments they chose to flex well-earned convergences in a shockingly dense mythos were weirdly rewarding. And the moment where Stifler's mom is, I'm Stifler's mom. He goes, I'm Jim's dad. And yeah. I was like, this is, it was worth this it. is some good stuff. That's great. So Josh, I mostly regret the decision you've made and, you bringing me down this journey, but moments like that where you get to hear what twenty, what is it, thirteen years later, people go by the care. Even though Jim's dad has gone by many names now, he's gone by. Well, hold on. Actually, it's nine years later, which is crucial to the biggest goof I've ever seen in any movie we've ever covered. Wait, isn't it from ninety nine to two thousand twelve? No. Oh, the series. Yes, the break is a nine year break. Oh, really? From 2003, which is American Wedding, nine-year break, okay. American Reunion. I want I know you love to throw people at the goof bus, so let's hear it, and I will try to defend them and get them out of from under the bus. No, this one's unforgivable, and the level – you were talking about the regret that we feel for doing this. This is when I knew that I'm a sick man and should be put down like a stifler because watching the movie, I'm like, you're telling – you're going to piss on my leg and tell me – that Jim and Michelle's kid is two. Jim and Michelle was pregnant in 2005's American <gasps> Pie Presents Colin Bandcamp. You're correct. That fucking kid is seven. But wait, we have to, I will try my Did best. Did she miscarry? Oh my God. I mean, that's the only conceive or they gave it up for adoption. <laughs> like what happened to their original child? Because we have two choices here, Charles, and we must engage with this. We must. There's not much else I to engage with, so let's do I it. I did not sleep last night, so I feel like I need to direct <laughs> this energy into this. Was there a first child conceived and brought to term in 2005 that befell some sort of horrific fate? That colors Jim and Michelle's relationship and explains oh. some of the distance they're feeling. Yeah, sort of like an Ian McEwen thing. Or uh, who else does that? He does that shit all the time about like upper, like quiet British people that have a severe loss and then con- continue to like stay married together but hate each other for the rest of their lives. Th- this is more like a Rabbit Angstrom updike situation, I think, where okay. a bunch of just shitty middle class white Americans suck ass and it's horrible. But. Uh, so either there was a child that was lost in some horrific circumstance or some heart-wrenching circumstance 
or they actually just forgot that they made an unbelievable – because if you remember, I was I was like, oh my god, this is a, a huge bit of exposition to put into a direct-to-video franchise installation. Yes. And I knew they would have a kid in this. I had no idea they would th- either – completely throw out the chronology which is maddening to me because i'm a sick man well i I think again there's this like darkness woven into it i don't know i was doing a little bit of research while i was waiting to record um and i did see that there was a a dvd special included on uh american reunion it was a short film i think it was the shortest short film ever made does Michelle miscarry and Stifler goes, oh, my God, that's gross, and then vomits. And then he eats. Yeah, he eats. He's trying to impress a girl, and he confuses a delicious beer with a, a miscarried No, it, it was a, it was a, thing. It was, it was just a three-second short film, and you just see Jim, and he's on Facebook Marketplace, and he just puts a, a posting that says, for sale, baby shoes never worn. Oh, the saddest story ever told. Yes, the saddest story ever told, but it also you know, it does bridge this gap between American wedding and American reunion. Uh, yeah. And I, it, it, I think it answers all your questions. Jim enters with multiple days uh, worth of, of unshaven beard on his face and a stained shirt, dragging a bottle of whiskey behind him. Yeah. It's on a string. Wow. Yeah. And he just, Damn, he just good writing logs into Facebook. There was a lot of Facebook chat in this, in this movie. You know, the weirdest part in this movie was all the NBC stuff. That was wait, so strange. Oh, wait. Jim's wait. homepage is NBC.com. <laughs> it has it features the actress who plays Sari from 30 Rock, who, with all due respect, that is forever what you are. You are Sari. I'm so sorry. Sari is you. You are Sari. Um, there was just – and then uh, Chris – Oz, excuse me, I was getting all formal. Chris Ostriker. Oz, our yeah, beloved yeah, Oz, who we know and love. Yeah. Um they they clearly make a lot of references to Dancing on the Stars and NBC. I was just like, what is what weird arrangement was made with NBC to like cross promote, you know, a, a, a legacy sex comedy with whatever contemporary early tens NBC content they're trying to push. It just, I don't know. In, it, it's strange to me. In, they, I mean, they, are they owned by Universal? They, might, I mean, they, they might be really the only connection. Otherwise, I don't really understand why a competing company would include other people's content in their movies. Wow. Um, but I, I, I think also one little thing was when he was looking at his porn book bar. Do you have porn, a little bookmark bar? Your boring work stuff, but it's just all the porn websites you go to? Well, that felt kind of you know, a little like many of the bits in this movie, a little tired. The like, oh, important work folder, and it's just like college anal sluts nine or whatever. Um, actually, that's not true. I guess I have one, but I mean, this is so on the nose. It's like, oh, boring old work business. I have something called like, you know, I don't know. I'll just make up make up something like, uh, I don't know, t-shirt designs, two thousand eight or something. And like, I think I've gotten some stuff stowed away somewhere. <laughs> But like but it's, it's so it. nondescript. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've got like eight broken laptops in my house, so right. I'm sure there's all kinds of weird stuff furried away here and there. Is it furried away? It's disgusting. I regret saying furried away. What is it? What's the phrase? Something away? Fur? Not Fer- furrowed. Ferreted? Fer- no, I'm so fucking. I think tired. it's ferreted away. This movie made me sad. <laughs> yeah, this was not good, and I think I watched it yesterday. I took extensive notes. And I already don't remember 
anything that happened. Like, I remember Stiffer fucking Finch's mom because I just sort of hated that. Oh, no, that was great. I loved that. That was funny. I remember, what what's her name? Kayla or something? Her, the his, his person he used to babysit. Oh God! I mean the the absolute rotten limb of this movie. Just a oh, horrific decision. Just an entire plot line that I wish I had never existed. So bad. Um, I remember her getting naked in his Mini Cooper with pink racing stripes. Uh, I guess because and you were like, "Damn, what a cool car!" I yeah. wish I hit it that exact car. <laughs> I, that's basically. I was like, "Wait, what?" I paused it. It's like, "Fuck that car." I do want to get a Mini again, I think. I didn't have good luck with my first one, but I think I want to give it another try. Wow, this is big. I think in the same way that, you know, you watch nine American Pie movies or eight American Pie movies, and you get to the eighth one, and you're like, you know what, that first one was so long ago, and I don't remember really enjoying it, but this sort of reminds me that I did enjoy some parts of it. And I think I want to go back. I like that... in the COVID year, you know, we're all facing things about ourselves. We're all realizing who we are, what we're hiding from, where we've been, where we want to go. And part of that experience for you is realizing that you're ready to make another go at driving a Mini Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm ready in this. I think this brought me there. I was thinking about it. Um, I did tell you that I will be f- employed through the winter, which is amazing news. I guess I'll be thankful for that Mini Cooper money that I'll be getting this winter and Plunking it down on a new set of wheels. Mm-mm-mm. You'll be like, I want the Jim Levenstein model. And I'm talking the Circa Reunion. Yeah, not whatever. What, what did he drive before? Did I don't want wedding. Okay, I want Reunion. Jim Levenstein. Okay? What is, that's another interesting piece of the puzzle is uh, apparently his, his kid died or they got an abortion or something. Or it was adopted or they, they lost they it. Just had to get, they just lost it. Wow, it's like a minority report situation. Exactly. They go to the pool. Suddenly, your eyes are in the fridge with a disgusting sandwich. We should do. It's like it's like it's like friggin' Joker Man when Joker Man find out he's Bruce Wayne's brother. Remember that? Yes, I think so. And he's like, Batman, I'm your brother. (laughs) I think maybe he bought the pink and black Mini Cooper out of despair, and this was his like just a way to get past. Honestly, this should have been an advertisement for Mini Cooper. They could have shown that. Even in the in the depths of sorrow, after potentially losing your child at the local pool, you can still find some sweet joy in the in the little, small hard top of a Mini Cooper. That's beautiful. He finds solace in the little English car. Well, honestly, this movie more than many of the other ones. Like we've talked a lot in this series about the crushing banality of of a white supremacist capitalist nation where yeah. like even the most the things depicted as the greatest dreams of that culture are just so small-minded, fascistic and shallow and and this certainly is no exception to that where you know uh they come home from their reunion they basically all have terrible jobs even Oz just is like a pathetic talking head who's everyone makes fun of for being emotional about dancing which sucks because his dance routine rules and his yeah. speech about dancing was important yes um but everyone else is just like work some d- job they can't stand or so nondescript it doesn't even bear mention. This movie can't even imagine that people have jobs that are like vaguely interesting in any way. Well, I think that was like, the point. I'm going to come to its defense a little bit, but I think that was the the point that they were trying to make was that, you know, they're all, however many years later, whether it's nine or 12 or whatever, they've all sort of found themselves in a place that they didn't want to be. And the whole point of the series, if there is one, is about you know, being yourself and exploring your dreams. And we've taken a long break 
and they have sort of lost focus on what they've learned in the previous films. But but here's my problem with that. The storyline that bears the most weight on that premise is Finch's, where he, he, he weaves quite a tale of his spectacular adventures. And then it turns out he works at a Staples. And that storyline is is so unfinished and half-baked and unsatisfying and kind of ruins Finch, who's the best character of the entire franchise, in my opinion, other than Jim's dad. Yeah. And I thought, that, like, they, they gave him so – like, I was disappointed that that idea is not interrogated at all that I don't really think they landed their one real shot at exploring that concept. There, This is the problem with the movie is that especially it's directed by and written by the people behind the Harold and Kumar movies, which, while not great, like this is so much worse than Harold and Kumar, I think. And the problem is this had the potential to be so good is we found that reboots and things that are spanning lots of time and like figuring out what we loved about earlier ones and updating it for a new time period. I think the biggest problem with the earlier series is that it was from the nineties where all this shit that we've come to hate about comedies from the nineties and early two thousands are so prevalent. And I was hoping this could have been updated to the 2010s where like all this shit from like Mike Myers and all these fucking loser guys would have been a little bit more replaced with better things, but they weren't. Yeah. A real missed opportunity. I liked the premise of this, but they just end up, they don't really hit anything that deep with it and American Wedding a movie that you know I certainly agree is imperfect you you dislike and it has that those interactions between Jim and Jim's dad that I think are really special and this tries to address that but once again creates sort of more confusion by having Jim's mom die and so Jim apparently does not have that much emotionally at stake in the death of his mother I know which is like weird and and again uh, I'm, I'm now realizing on the IMDB page some clever person also noted the dead child scenario, but also points out that in Book of Love, Jim's dad says he's been married for 35 years. So she must have died <laughs> in 2009, the year Book of Love came out, or shortly after the events of that film. Well, that makes sense. However, Jim's mother is seen in the home video Noah is watching when he mentions her passing. It's complicated. It is very complicated. I think we could piece that one together because I think the timing does work out because he says it's been three years. Which so just after Book of Love, yes. his, his wife died. Yeah, okay. So I think it works out. What, can you imagine the like? They actually, I think they pay a lot of attention to detail, for the most part. I don't really know. I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that there was some tragic mishap. Maybe the mom and and kid died together. Maybe the mother kidnapped their young child in a, a mother grandchild suicide pact. I mean, those are almost a pandemic onto themselves in an American society today. Yeah. So maybe, and maybe that's why they don't really, I mean, I know they don't really talk too well at all. Like when they talk about sex, it's like they try to be open and connected, but they really talk around things. And maybe that's why, you know, they just talk about the, the titty rag mag rather than talking about the actual events that went down that killed the, the new child and the old wife. Now, Charles, I hate to catch you in your own goof, but the magazine that they discussed in Jim's room is shaved Oh, that's true. So I presume it's about genitals as opposed to mammary glands. Because, well, obviously some people have hairy areolas. That's part of life. I think generally speaking, we associate shaved with uh, vaginas and, and, and crotches in general. So I have to fault you on that one. They're, they're talking about a vagina magazine. That's all right. I'm going to just shift the faulting to the franchise itself because all it, all it thinks sex is is looking at tits. Yeah, hard to argue with that. But – I would like to say, so I, I'm sort of listing all the things I've remembered. 
I, I do. I remember I want to talk about uh, MILF guy reunion, which is, I think. Oh, that's the the, <laughs> the, the, the one shining light in this movie. I, I almost is cried. John Cho's unbelievable performance. Because, like, when they set that bit up yes. where, uh, you know, Jim's like, where's the other MILF guy? And then John Cho has this incredible agonized reaction. He says something like, friendship is a two-way street. And you're like, this is great. It was MILF great. guy has his own thing going on. Then we get the MILF guy reunion, and it was beautiful. They just say MILF a lot. It's comedy gold. It was good. That was like, there are some highlights that you would only get. Like, that would have made no sense in an American Pie 1 or 2. And it really needed to be in an American Pie 4 or 8, however you want to look at it, for it to land as comedy gold. But what I want to say, though, one of the only other few things that I remember is we see our first American Pie certified cock penis, penis. in this movie. Penis. And I think it was a real penis. I think that was actually Jim's penis or Jim's stunt double's penis. Yes, and one of the classic snafus that Jim cannot help but get himself into, uh, he's hung over from partying and is naked in the kitchen, and we, we he puts a, a the top of a pot or a colander over his penis, and it's glass, and we get some smushed dude dick, and it's the first penis we've seen in eight movies. Yeah. I almost forgot what they looked like at this point. I stood up and applauded. Me and Allie were both eager. We were like, oh, my God, a dick. It was It was really – it's a beautiful experience to share with my fiance. And I think that moment right there is, in a nutshell, what you could describe. Like, you could show that scene as the every problem in this movie is what happened between the scene where – he is at the party and he wakes up naked. And I know the part of the joke is that we don't know, but I think that's the problem with this movie is that we never get enough of what's going on to really give a fuck about what's going on. Well, if, if you'll forgive me for talking about Star Wars for a minute. You know, sometimes you just got to do it. <laughs> uh, the classic Rise of the Skywalker problem is all of a sudden you're trying to sum up an entire unbelievable narrative arc. And it's like the, the, the panic that radiates out of the script writing room is just so evident on the screen. And I think it's the same situation where they had so much to cover. This is almost two hours long. Uh-huh. I want to say it's the longest of the of the, the series. And despite that, they still can't really fit in everything in a way that makes sense. Like, for example, we get a little bit of Natasha Leone, who again shows up, and, and the relatively strong end of the movie, which I liked. Uh, we get a taste of that, which is like, oh, God, where's she been the whole time? She, yeah. Like, I missed her. Um, but other than that, like, you know, everyone's just running around like fucking it, – it's just it's, – it's a very chaotic, shallow movie for most of the time. And I agree with you. It's another classic example of you have so many opportunities to do the kind of basic physical stuff that has worked consistently throughout the series and they don't really do that. Yeah. And I think if you'll permit me, and I apologize, but maybe you'll forgive me if I'd like to talk about the MCU for just one second. Surely you speak of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of, you know... Anyway, I, I don't want to talk about the universe itself. I just want to talk about... Um, one of the Avengers movies, which was the big one? Infinity War? Well, Infinity War and Endgame are the, the one-two punch. I know Infinity War is long. It's like another hour on top of this. So maybe that's what this needed was a two and a half hour cut. But the the fact that Infinity War managed to have every single fucking character in the MCU so far and have me care about all their... Like, I understood everything they were trying to do. Everyone got time and everyone got emotional time. And the fact that they could do that with three times as many characters like what the fuck are they doing like are they just being lazy do they not understand what works like why is it that i watch an entire movie and i don't really 
understand why Jim and Michelle are having problems. I don't understand why Oz is doing what he's doing. I don't understand why, like, I don't really give a shit because I don't know. Well, the problem is that this, the biggest problem with this series that we often talk about is that this is being aimed at such a ludicrously heteronormative lowest common denominator that there are things that they think we'll just take for granted as part of life. Like, oh, you get married and you stop having sex. Or like, oh, you know, you... Yeah, your girlfriend wants to watch friggin' reality shows. Or like just this like completely fucking the laziest shit. And like that leads into the darkness of this movie. We're like, well, one, there's a tremendous amount of sexual assault in this movie. Yes. Like an an unbelievable amount of like, you know, non consensual things happening and being played for laughs. And again, just to go back full circle here, the corrosively awful plot arc of J- uh, of Jim being attracted to the next door neighbor he used to babysit because she turned legal that day. Isn't that convenient? Kara. Isn't that convenient? Uh, these Hollywood scriptwriters, you know what? I don't buy it. I don't buy that she turned 18, just happenstance. I think that I don't know if that really was drawn from a, a real experience. Um, but like, yeah, so we're, like much of the movie, we're just supposed to assume that it's like normal and funny that this like guy, this married father in his 30s is in a series of sexually attractive situations with a child he babysat who is just barely of a legal consensual aid age who is very attracted to him for reasons that are completely not explained and like just all of that is like a waking nightmare and i think the fact that the filmmakers were like you know how it is fellas you want to have sex with that girl you used to babysit <laughs> it's like whoa i that that sucks. Like, right. what a disgusting premise. Like, even if there's truth to how we sexualize young people in this culture, that's not like a fun, light plot arc. It's like deeply fucked up, and the the implications of it are like horrifying. Yeah, and it just played for laughs. It's uh, and I, I, I again, I'm going to point to. I've said this the whole series. I just don't like Jim, and I don't even think the filmmakers like Jim because he never gets to do anything. And I just, he's so boring and uninteresting. I don't think his acting is very funny. I think his acting really makes me feel anything. And he definitely has always, time and again, the most boring aspects of these movies for me. And I'm just thankful in some ways that he didn't really get that much to do in this one. But then we have to talk about the other shit elephant in the room that they always fucking put so much on Stifler. And Stifler sucks too. I hate well, Stifler. Let's get, to, let's get to Stifler in a minute. The Stifler yeah. family is a is a horrible thing, and it must stop. We we all no one disagrees on that front. Um, I think actually Jason Biggs and Eugene Levy have really good energy together, and I like watching them act together. I think that relationship actually works for me. So I I find myself kind of like being pleasantly surprised by that most of the time. Uh, so I want to give Biggs credit for that and the fact I, that he's just down for almost every humiliation. I like that. Yeah, him. I, I do like that he was okay with smashing his penis with a pot pot lid. But to for your first point, I think given that we have countless evidence of him acting against every other actor in the room and it not really working, I wonder if just the beauty and charisma and power of a Eugene Levy would just make anyone act well against him. Well, as uh, I, the, the trivia pointed out, this is the first movie where Stifler and Noah's dad actually get any actual dialogue with each other. And I, I don't know. I, I, I found I find myself liking Sean William Scott Ugh. and being sympathetic to Stifler. Um, I think like 
there like this is a bad movie. There's a lot of bad Stifler in it. Stifler's a monster. He's a sexual deviant. He does terrible things. The game Vagina Shark appears to just be sexual oh, assault God. with a clever name. Uh, and it's not even a very clever name, let's be okay. honest. I'd um, have to call you out on that one. Thanks for – I'm glad you, you noticed that first. Um, so, yeah, now that I've said this whole sentence, like, yeah, fuck Stifler, obviously. But, like, I kind of like the idea of, like, the deflated, lame, broken, older Stifler as a concept. I think that there's there's juice in that. I do, too, but they don't play it that way. They play him as the victim, even though the opening scene, he sexually assaults people, he kills someone. <laughs> but then the whole movie <laughs> is that he's the victim of his boss, who is rightfully pissed off that this asshole is, like, rubbing the picture of his wife or girlfriend that's framed on his desk against his dick. Yeah. If my intern did that, I would fire them. He should be thankful that he still gets to work there. Yeah, that whole dynamic is pretty dark. And also, again, casting like a South Asian person to play uh, like the nerdy loser, you know, geek character yet again is like a trope in this series that's pretty exhausting. Yeah. I And I, I think in the end, he like gets the last word against his boss that's been okay. Like, you have to do your job. He's like, well, I don't want to do my job. I just want to go play Vagina Shark. And then at the end... Well, then, he, then he says, like, I'm just going to beat the fuck out of you if you ever, like... Yes. Like, it's like, you can't really do that to your boss, everyone. And, you sh- like, we shouldn't be cheering for this guy to do it to his boss because his boss is fine. Stifler's the asshole. Right. And I, I think the problem with this movie is that I I think the idea of Stifler having some kind of transformation is a great idea that they always chicken out from going the full distance on because they have to forgive him and accept him at the end of the day when the best parts of Stifler from the early days are Stifler straight up getting comeuppance and being humiliated and drinking piss and eating shit. And and the fact that, like, they insist that he has to get his cake at the end of the day, uh, that's that's a cop-out. Fucking hate that's it. That's not what Stifler's there for. That's why I sort of, I don't like Stifler as a character and I don't think he's terribly funny, but I like his inclusion is that he's homophobic, he's an sexual, he like, he's a sexually abusive, he's awful, but the only reason why that works sort of is that the movie, like, in the first three... He always got fucked because of it, and he never got rewarded because of it. And that's why I didn't really like American Wedding was that was the moment where they decided to let him off on the cheap and not really have him really go and reconcile with all the awful shit that he does because they just accept him. And that's what's unforgivable about this movie is that without anything, they're just like, yeah, we're friends. And you know what? We actually we really liked high school with you because you made it fun. It's like, have you watched the first American Pie movie? No one wanted to be around Stifler. And to just like change that narrative and have it come this like weird mythology just because the directors don't want to like kill Stifler. They should have fucking murdered Stifler in this movie. If Stifler had died in a funny, scatological, or sexual way, that would actually be, I think, daring and appropriate. Stifler should die as Stifler lived, covered in shit and fucking. Yeah, I mean, maybe Finch's mom could have murdered him. It was nice that, that the lady made him go down on her because it was like at least Stifler has to learn that life is not just about him being pleased constantly, but also that he had like it being a punishment for him to go down on someone yes. that is not really a great message either. Once again, that that fails because of that. And also she's overweight. But she's comfortable in herself, which yes. I thought was great. Which is fine. but Good like, for her. Lonnie Levenstein, not Levenstein. They've done it before where they like, People feel ashamed in these series of having sex with overweight women. It's like that happened in Beta Beta House or the first Beta House. Pre I have scrubbed Beta House from my memory. You speak of the Naked Mile, of course. The introduction to Beta House as a concept. Uh. No, I think it wasn't Beta House because it had like Whistler or whatever. Who's the the rapist? 
What's his name? Blackout They're Charlie? They're all rapists. It doesn't matter. Who is the guy that like goes to Mexico and adopts children with PS? Oh, God. He goes to like Thailand or something. I hate that. I don't want to talk about it. Please don't uh, okay. make me talk about Fine. it. Fine. We won't talk about it. That's over. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I never have to see Stifler again. Um, even though uh, while looking at IMDb, there is an American Pie 5. It's in production. Or... Hold on. Hold on. Before we run off on the American Pie 5 train, I wanted to point out a couple things about uh, my research, um, what what I have learned about the future of the series. Um, so American Pie 5 was announced in 2012 with the same director-writer team coming back. In August 2017, Sean William Scott said that the fourth film will probably not be made at the domestic uh, – the, the fourth film did not perform well enough domestically – to warrant another film. It barely made over its budget, its $50 million budget domestically. It cleared $230 million worldwide. The reunion or the wedding? Reunion. Okay. Now, here's the kiss of death. In August 2018, Tara Reid said she met with the director, so them saying that the fifth film will happen, that filming will begin soon. If Tara Reid is saying a sequel is going to happen, that means it's not happening. Oh, really? Is she notoriously, you know, killing projects like this? Well, one of my Tara Reid's had a troubled life, and in this movie, she seems semi-functional. I was pretty impressed that she like she's clearly not a hundred and ten percent in this. I think to be fair, um, and and she struggled with with things in her life, and I, I wish her well. Um, but she went through a long period just before this where she was like lying about being married to people, which was like a weird oh, thing. Oh wow! Um, and famously, she said that. Uh, she said there was going to be a Big Lebowski 2, and I think the Coen brothers wished Tara Reid luck on the production of Big Lebowski 2. Like, there's a great exchange in the press about I'll have that. to find that. Um, yeah, I, 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 my understanding is that if Tara Reid is talking up a project, then... I mean, her last movie was Andy the Talking Hedgehog. No. Oh. Which she co-stars in with Dean Cain. No. Oh, that's sad. I mean, I kind of want to see it now because I do like hedgehogs. And Dean Cain. Yeah. I mean, you, you, we haven't really got much Hedgehog fix. We did get Sonic recently. But uh, I think, yeah, we, we should do that one maybe. What's it? What was it called? Andy the Talking Hedgehog. Reed stated that she was not taking the film seriously and the poster is bad. Hmm. She also said that, quote, it's going to be fun. It's a cute movie. That's nice. It is. But that, like, I think she, that scene where like, it cuts to Kevin and Vicky waking up to, like, in bed together. Is that ever explained? No. And that's what I'm sorry. Like, the same shit. Like, it's like they, The Hangover. When did The Hangover come out? I mean, not too long before. This it was, was 2009, 2009, right? Yeah. Right. So um, It would be like if The Hangover was them waking up, being like, wow, I don't remember what happened last night. And then the movie ended. Because we never understand what actually happened that night. And it's like all this shit that sort of makes the plot progress. It felt as though they had four hours of movie that they just all cut out. Well, but But also it's like... Oz is dating a shitty asshole. Oh, gee, should he dump her to date Heather, who's dating a male shitty asshole? And, like, Kevin's dating some dumb lady who just wants to watch reality TV. Oh, gee, should he break up with her to, from, and maintain his architect job to be with – you know, it's like the, none of the setups are – like, there's just so little thought put into it that I think, like, really interrogating, like – you know, and this is me just being the saddest man in the world. But like, let's get into it. Yes, this could have been the last Jedi of American Pie. Okay. It, yes, I I would have wanted that. Who wouldn't? I mean, maybe it did turn into the last Jedi of American Pie. 
When I say the last Jedi of American Pie, that is a cultural concept that people all around the nation and world, dare yes. I say, are sitting up in their chairs, standing up while driving, standing up at work at their desks and saying, yes, Josh, um, the, the last Jedi of American Pie must be made. We must question the basis of who we are, the myths we tell ourselves, the foundation of the illusion that we collectively embrace this reality. You can sit down now. Um, Andy, the talking hedgehog is only 76 minutes. That's perfect. Oh, I love a good 76 minute movie. A tight 76. So I would like to ask you then, what we can get out of this is, it's a reunion. And one of the fun parts of reunion is, you know, judging people and seeing what's changed since you've last seen them. So what do you think of the boys these days? Who's your favorite boy? This is great. I love this breakdown. Was there a change that happened between the last time you saw the boys? Like, they all... I mean, I think Kevin looks great. So Thomas Ian Nicholas is a little man. He is a small, compact little fellow. And the only substantial way they could delineate that he's older was by giving him the worst facial hair of all time in human history. I think it looks great. Uh, very bad. Very the, bad. The little beard, the one that the one that like just skirts. You know he could grow a fuller beard, but he's chosen to style it so that there's just a tiny little line. It's terrible. Tiny little line. Uh, it's so bad. He looks like a little asshole. I hated it. He just looked like such a fucking dork. No good. Uh, Stifler looks exactly the same, but his hair is sadder and he's more jacked in a sad way. Um, I- I've sort of fallen in love with Chris Klein over the series because Chris Klein just seems like a gentle, sweet man. Yeah. I, I really like he's always been the guy that I liked. He was he was my MVP or something. I don't even fucking remember my MVPs, but he's great. And I think that he's the nicest one and he cares about people, not just himself, but he cares about everyone else in his life. Uh, Oz is empathetic and passionate. And I love that he, you know, again, so horrible Dr. Ron played by Jay Harrington, who of course is dating the great Mina Suvari, who has, as Allison pointed out, a very terrible 2012 haircut, a very bangs heavy, like I'm not even trying to describe like a Cleopatra adjacent style cut. Yeah. Um, he makes everyone watch the episode of uh, Dancing with the Stars with Oz on it, where Oz, one, gives an amazing performance, which I loved, because, like, Chris Klein's – his dedication is one – that's – he knows it's funny when it's clear that he's giving a big shit about stuff, and we've always liked Oz for being, you know, publicly vulnerable, at, you know, which is how he wooed Heather in the early movies yeah. by, by joining choir. Um, and then he gives a long talk about, you know – and it's supposed to be embarrassing where he's like, dance is important. And if we all dance, there would be no war. And it's like, everyone's like, you know, embarrassed. It's like, no, like he's right. We should all dance. The world would be bad. Like Oz is dead. Right. And I was like, this is not that embarrassing. Like you've got Oz just spitting raw truth from his heart. And that's something should be commended. It's very weird because I think, especially, well, this is 2012. This is well past the point at which we realized that, the wars that we're engaged with are bad. And it seems Hollywood, Holly weird has always been, you know, painted as a liberal, just, just constantly just putting down liberal shit right down our throats. And this could have been a moment for them to agree with Oz, which is what, what's more of a leftist idea than all dance, no war. So in our rewrite, Heather's brother has died in Afghanistan and it's fucking just, it's just like, she's drinking. She's dating this abusive asshole, Dr. Ron, she sees Oz, you know, pilled out on Dancing with the Stars, passionately decrying 
the facetious war on terror and the, you know the, this this imperial struggle to secure fossil fuels for what it is you know this 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 blatant fascistic meaningless endeavor and somewhere deep in, in the broken haze of her shattered psyche she realizes she has to leave dr ron who's just been beating her and beating her and go back with oz who sure is he hooked on adderall to to, to, to stay trim for the camera you know does, does he look a little bit like a kind of blown out casino dweller yeah sure but uh she knows that they share at least that collective pain at the loss America's experienced. Right. And he, as always, is on the empathetic side of it. While he's not really, he's never gone to war. He's never picked up a gun. He doesn't know how, to, if you handed him a gun, he wouldn't even know what to do with it. But he understands just psychologically and empathetically that what's happening is bad. And if we all just dance, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Josh, just close your eyes and imagine this. Everybody. I'm. In my head, Rusted Root is playing. I would like to pick Everybody up my hands. Is dancing. Oh, Marcel. Oh, Marcel. Oh, you're shuffling oh, those tootsies. Oh, my. Swaying of their shoulders. I would like to hold in my little hand. Guns. Guns just, they just turn into flowers. This is beautiful. This is, this is Oz's world. Maybe if American Five, American Pie Five, American Pie, I think it's going to be called American Pie. Oh my God, that'd be so good. How would it be spelled? Would it be spelled American P-I-V-E or American P-I-E-V-E? I saw a P-I-V-E in my Yeah. Head. It sort of looks weird, though. I think it would need P-I-E-V-E. Once, I'm going to type it out. American. What do you no, think American? the first American. movie? Wait, maybe they already had this. No, I like American Pie. I think that has flair. What what do you think the first movie title that's going to have an emoji in the movie as like a, in, in replacing a word? Um. Well, I mean, there there hasn't been a vaporwave movie yet. I don't know. You're you're asking the wrong guy. I look like that's true. If you were to that's see true. me on the street, you're like that guy probably enjoys vaporwave. Right. Unfortunately, I don't. Yeah. I would like to enjoy vaporwave. Sure. Who wouldn't? And I, I talk about it as though I enjoy it with friends. Well, not friends, but like people I sort of know. I'm like, oh yeah, vaporwave. But down deep, I don't know anything about it. Apparently, I have really bad graphics. Is that a is that a part of vaporwave? Is like shitty design, like power trash? Well, it's kind of like a like a, a bricolage of a '90s PC aesthetics. Yeah, uh, reconstituted into a kind of deliberately stilted nostalgia. Yeah, I think I started calling that power trash. Oh no, vaporwave is different than power trash. I don't really know what power trash is. If I'm going to be I honest of, with you, uh, I coined the phrase with uh, Jacob Winnins. Winnins. Oh my God, you're talking Jake Winnins. That's amazing. Yeah, when I used to work with them at the movie Shout theater, out to Jake. We just started like really getting into power trash, which was like uh, MS Paint design sort of style where it just like intentionally looks terrible and to the point that, where it different. becomes powerful yeah that's a different this is like that shit god vaporwave sucks this is like that hotline miami aesthetic i like the game hotline miami but it's like it looks like that it's just all purples and pinks that and game is so violent not for me yeah it is a video, little video games are so violent you know i'm not i like very hey. cartoonish violence hey. but it's okay it's okay i i, I get you just i, I like it it's a great puzzle game, and you get to blast people. All right, I'll back Stop off. Stop coming at me. Stop coming game. at me. Fuck you, Vaporwave bitch. I take it back. Now that I mildly know what Vaporwave is, 
it looks like something i've sort of noticed that uh design like this became very popular a few years ago and i think it stopped now but like it was sort of because I think people like me started getting into the graphic design sphere where they had no actual, you know, training or understanding of art. And they'd be like, oh, I can make lines. Because people in the 80s who had an understanding of it, they were forced to only make lines. And I'm going to just choose to only make lines. Does that make sense? I kind of tuned out. Yeah. So American Pie had a budget of $145 million and made almost a billion dollars. Wait, American Pie? Oh, hold Pie? on. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. That's the full series. Oh, my yeah, God. I was going to say, completely misread the, whole, that. the title of American Pie was American Pie or a teenage sex comedy that most people will hate her, but you can make for under $10 million or something. You told me that, and I thought it was fun. I did. Okay, so let me ask you this. The American Pie, the American Reunion uh, poster features the last slice of pie in the tagline, save the best piece for last. I would say that's a pretty good tagline. Misleading, but I think that that's good marketing. Well... I mean, so here I actually want to get into, I think this is a good opportunity to talk about what we want to do next. Yes, because I'm looking at the poster for American Pie Presents Girls Rules. If we want to think about this as the last piece, then I think we should treat this episode as the final episode of the Pieverse, where we do a, we do a special bonus episode about the Eugene Levyless American Pie Presents Girls Rules. But there's a couple of reasons why we might We've done movies that were even less related to the Piver. Like we've done other. Charles, I'm I'm going to blow through this. We must continue because okay. because we called it the Piverse. This is the Piverse. It moves forward. It's a tight ninety. Um, we have we ha- we must go forward. I mean, look, am I going to be sad to say goodbye to Eugene Levy? Yes, he was truly often the only thing to look forward to in the in the ghetto of direct to video. American Pie presents movies, but like we need to keep moving forward, and I'm not going to stop now. So here's what I want to ask you. I was thinking about this. We've said, and we made a promise to our listeners that, you know, we did Shrek. Oh wait, is there going to be if there's a Shrek five? We're not going to just not cover it. We're going to have a new episode about the new Shrekiverse movie. We're committed to that. Now, do we interrupt the current yes verse that we're working on, or do we make it exclusive Patreon content? No, I think we we must, for our listeners who love us, who adore us, who look forward to our coverage of the Pieverse all, all these long months, and my God, it's been two months of this, we must continue. We can't stop now. Also, this is the first apostrophe in the title of a movie that we've covered in this in this verse. That's huge. And it's a cool one because it's a plural possessive. Right. That's some, one of the, the rarer uh, apostrophes. It's, it is. It's the rarest. There's only two, but it's the rarest, rarer, of, yeah, rarer one. Uh, it's more rarer. Even better, with the development section on Wikipedia, we get a glimpse into the galaxy brain level thinking that went into the 10-year gestation period of this movie. Uh, after the success of American Pie Presents, colon, The Book of Love, featuring yet another terrible stifler, boring, bad movie, we hate the stiflers, um, writer David H. Steinberg, and uh, let's just say I think I've seen him at Temple, was hired in 2010 to write the next movie in the series entitled American Pie Presents colon, East Great Falls, centered around, guess what, four male students at East Great Falls High huh. School who all fall in love with the same female student. Ah. So just the slightest hair's breadth away from every other movie in the eight movie series. In 2017, Universal said, guess what, everybody? We're going to flip the genders. Yay. 
Yay. So you, you think that we shouldn't try to, you know, get a little of that chachinga and like make people only the way they could finish the Piverse is to be subscribers to our Patreon. Look, I'm not a crass commercialist piece of shit, Charles. Wow. I want to, when I throw slop to the meat hound pigs who listen to this god awful show, I'm only throwing them the most delicious gruel that I can scrounge out of my ass cheeks. And with that in mind, we got to keep moving forward for the people. Also, I'm going to just feel like for the rest of my life, like we did a disservice to everybody by not covering American Pie Presents Girls Rules in the main feed. Okay. Because we can plug anything into our wonderful Patreon, which I recommend people listen to. It's funny. Oh, the laughs for days. We actually had a really good one last episode was the one where we like discovered that uh, Tad something's up with tad and we had to get right to the... and, and uh if you remember beloved tad the uh, chaotic good stifler matt stifler from american pie presents colon Bandcamp. you'll want to listen to our patreon but charles let's stop tying this to that one episode let's get to the big thing so we're on the same page we're gonna watch nine for the next episode right great yeah so we'll, okay, we'll have to change the schedule a little bit i think we wanted to anyway um, we did. We, but, we, some things moved around. And, and you're, we, I think we have a nice come down from this nightmare for our next series. So oh, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. So let's let's plow onward. We're almost done. So let me ask the, the question that everyone's waiting to, to hear me spit out of these luscious lips. Charles, are you asking when will it end eight movies into this franchise? So just out of pure exhaustion, I think I am. But a part of me is ex- is excited so this is this is what i was talking about at the beginning of the episode i don't after you know after seeing what superbad did what blockers did like i'm ready to get to the later part of this century's ideas around sex comedies with with high schoolers and their parents and i think that this franchise has always just needed to not suck because it could be very good having friends talk about sex with each other. So I say, no, I'm not asking when will it end. Because I think fucking 20 years later, it's just going to get started. So you see this as the brand new frontier of a renaissance in the Pieverse. Yeah, I think, uh, I think what this it, it's disgusting to look back on movies from the 90s and 2000s and be like, oh, wow, like consent wasn't a thing people even knew about. And Hold jokes. on, American Reunion is from 2012. That's an right. Obama-era production, and it is still just chock full of rape. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, movies, yes, 2012, it doesn't even matter. If you go back, you'll, a lot of comedies probably were still like that. I'm ready to see movies about people as wholesome as American Pie 1 was. It's base, It's like its foundation is based on rape. And I'm ready for the foundation of these movies to be about friendship and not about friends figure out how to rape people no i i agree um sorry one sec what are you doing thing happened there i had a work thing happen there um okay work on the podcast someone called me i had to say i'm busy i didn't want to say what i was doing though because if i said i'm in minute 50 of a record about american reunion they might not take me credibly as uh my given profession why don't you why don't you just do the interview while we're on the episode you know seems like you're more invested in in your job i guess than creating content for this you're being a real stifler right now and i didn't want to say that but you you gave me no choice pulled it out of you yeah you did 
Um, okay, so like you, I am not saying when will it end because I am a huge fan of Blockers. Blockers is an amazing movie. I love it. It's one of my new favorite Hall of Josh films. And it, it sort of felt like the next logical step forward from Superbad, which is was the best teen sex comedy for white dorks before it. So for some reason, I'm holding out hope that simply getting rid of like what I, I hope is, you know, and like, like if we can close the door on boring ass white suburban dudes with stupid, shitty dreams and lazy fantasies being awful. Yeah, I'm into the premise of a, of a sex romp. That's funny. Everyone can relate to that. We're all horny bastards. Well, except for the ones that aren't. No, everyone is. It's a law now. Um, oh, God, it's a law now. Is that a new Trump thing? Oh, don't get me started. The orange buffoon, the little king. Hey, is this episode coming out uh, the day before Election Day? Yeah, I think so. Hold on. Wow. Wait, what's oh, the... <laughs> yeah, it's coming out the second. So uh, we'll... Jesus. Hey, everyone, if you're listening, you go out there. You fucking vote. And I don't give a fuck what you do. Do whatever the fuck you want. You're sick of all these boring-ass bitches telling you to vote. Guess what? Here, you can do whatever you want. We don't care. Wait, really? Go I just nuts. said they should vote. I, I, got uh, the wrong, I got the wrong message. I veto, I'm vetoing Charles' statement, which Good. is democracy. That's the legislative process, and you have to respect it. Um, everyone's telling you to vote everywhere else. This is podcast be one refuge. You don't have to vote. It's fine. Wait, can you tell me? Uh, did you vote for Steven Stifler? Uh, I voted uh, for president. Wait, who's that? Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to vote for Steven Stifler, and then Amy told me that it's illegal to take a picture of your ballot. That's not true. I, I think Amy is a wonderful person. I, I did that and sent to many people because I wrote in Jerry Garcia and Bob Weir for lesser races. I did not also want to vote in. Uh, it's fine. Okay. It's not against the law. Well, I didn't I realize that. I posted a photo that... of my ballot onto Instagram at one point. That's what I then thought. Then I realized it was a bad idea for my job. So yeah. can you bleep out who I voted for? Yeah, I'll bleep that out. Okay, yeah. Um, it was Trump. I'll, I'll leave that one in, but I'll bleep out the previous one. Or do you want me to bleep? Do you want to bleep? What I'll do is I'll bleep him out, but I'll leave the first part, the T, and the second part, like it'll be like, and then, so they'll know that you said. Okay, we'll bleep that out too then, what you just said. Yeah, I'm just going to bleep everything out. Okay. I almost voted for Trump because that would be funny. You could say that you did. You, you could like have that in your back pocket for a story. Right. You know? And I didn't because I think people would hate me. But I think it just sort of goes to show why you don't need to vote right now if you live in, what, 40 of the 50 states in this country? You could do whatever the fuck you want. You could piss on your ballot and throw it at somebody. It doesn't fucking matter what you do with your ballot if you live in Massachusetts, if you live in New York, if you live in california well i guess i'm just sick of the moralizing against individuals for a, a system that is so like woefully inadequate deeply broken yes. largely impotent and like just the, this this hectoring that people go through to scream at people about civic involvement in a society that just offers so little and less and less every year and so little for people who are marginalized just this this idea that like Voting is the the that's the pinnacle yeah. of, of morality is vote. It's like that is fucked up. Like get involved in your community. There's a million ways. Yeah, uh, certainly presidential elections are just a, a waking nightmare. There are some things you should vote for, but like absolutely, certainly the you know anything that is not a vote for Joe Biden is 
you know, what? You you want Hitler to be president? It's like, uh-huh. for Christ's sake, like, th- th- this is so, so ludicrous. Like, yeah, if you're living in a swing state, I understand uh, acting yeah. strategically. You're, that, that's I, When I lived in Ohio, I took those considerations into account in 2016. Um, so you voted for Trump in 2016. <laughs> hey, don't ask, don't tell. Boop. Uh, but uh, long, long story short, on this podcast, baby, you can quietly whisper to us that you didn't vote. We're not going to judge you. Uh, I would like to say, if you do live in Massachusetts, I have no idea what the right to repair. I really don't understand whether I sh- what I should do about it. I think I voted the right way, but it doesn't matter. I do want to insist that you vote for yes on two for ranked choice voting. There's no reason not to vote for it. If you vote no on two, I don't even understand the reason why you wouldn't want ranked choice voting. I've so for work I've done arguments for and against both questions one and two and we we cannot go down that alleyway right now because that like no one no one wants to hear us talk about the right to repair debate. It oh no, not that one. I'm talking like perilously dull. Um, oh, the the ranked choice voting. Yeah, why not? Well, you know, let's this thing is the system is just more about it sucks ass. It's yeah, so bad. Make it a little you know? better, I guess. But yeah, it's well, uh, just like you think about you know in Massachusetts where a lot of people are like, oh, it's a liberal bastion. The overwhelming number of elections that are not uncontested because the system yes. is so inaccessible and the lack of conversation and the lack of scrutiny that a lot of candidates get to coast by on year to year because there's just no – there's no Republican Party that's taken seriously outside of you know the, the Baker center-right technocratic governorship. There's just no – there's nothing that stimulates people to be challenged in any way in this state. And it's very frustrating. So, you know, as as much frustration as there was about the Kennedy primary challenge to Markey, it did, you know, actually force career politicians to talk about actual substantive issues as much as we could squeeze it out of them. So I don't know. Like democracy is in a horrible decline. And at least ranked choice voting would make it slightly more possible for people to enter a system that is designed to exclude them. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not great. It's not going to be the only thing to fix it, but I think without it it's going to be very hard to fix. So this is a great first step. Uh Maine has it. And Maine has a long history of having independent governors, independent Whoa, what am I looking at? Your belly? No, I had to move something. Just, oh, you, just you didn't do want, the podcast. You didn't want me Christ to look sakes. at your belly? You can look at my belly. It's it's not much to look at, but no, it's nice just belly. keep talking. Asshole. Okay, that's right. That's what the podcast is. It's you talking and then me talking and sometimes we talk over each other. Just finish your thought. I, I'm just, yeah. Maine, Maine, Maine has it now, and they're they've always had like independent people, and it just makes independent people who aren't affiliated with the two big parties to get get in the fucking game. And you're not scared to vote for who you want to because you're you're worried that they're going to lose, and then you get fucking Governor LePage for two terms who won with 39 percent of the vote. Right, that shit's hysterical. I love that Maine like pioneered this this experiment and got like immediately the most like. No, this was pre. This was pre. This was when they didn't have ranked choice voting. This is why they got it because fucking Governor LePage, the backwards racist piece of shit, like pre-Trump Trump guy, won with thirty nine percent of the vote because the independent got like the independent got thirty and the Democrat got thirty something. So, but because we didn't have ranked choice, he just took it. Even though we got like more than two thirds of the state didn't want him. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. Well, thanks for setting the record straight there. Boy, was I confused. Okay, so we're getting to the end of the episode here. Let's pick our MVPs because we don't have to do our big outro on the on the series. Um, mine's easy. Uh, John Cho <laughs> is we did it so again. good in this. We did it he, again. Like, 
he he doesn't need to be showing up at like an 11, but it's just like bouncing off the walls with energy. He's funnier than anyone else in this movie. I, I have so many questions about the MILF guys and their relationships. Give me that, that spinoff. Uh, John Cho, congratulations. It's MILF guy number two. You win my MVP for American Reunion. I was going to choose John Cho as MILF guy number two for mine, but in the spirit of friendship, in the spirit of American Reunion, I'm going to choose Justin Isfeld as MILF guy number one as my MVP because without MILF guy number one, there would be no MILF guy number two. That's right. It is, the, you know, the, the, the... It's a two-way street. The reunion we were all really waiting for. Honestly, I didn't realize it while I was watching the movie, but once it happened, I realized that that was what I wanted. I wanted to see the MILF guys chant MILF one more time. And have a conversation strictly saying the words MILF. So but on I, that note... We- wait, before we go... Speaking of that scene, I'm sorry to go back. I'm I'm bringing us back for just one second. Okay, I do let's... not like that Finch, like that Stifler gets to f- get his final comeuppance on Finch by fucking his mom. Stifler deserves nothing other than a cruel death, and I hate that. And, he and Finch fucks... deserves everything. Finch Finch is really underserved in this, which was a bummer. I love Finch; he's my favorite character overall. And I was bummed that yeah, uh, it's interesting he doesn't that have I a lot to do in this. I don't think I've ever given him an MVP, or maybe I did once, but for he might win series MVP. It's hard to say, but he is my favorite of the boys, even though Oz is my he's my like my soulmate. If I were to meet Oz, I would immediately hit it off and start a podcast with him about sports or well, something. We'll find out in episode nine of the series. And, uh, you know, need I remind you that Finch, uh, Eddie K. Thomas, uh, starred in The Diary of Anne Frank opposite Natalie Portman in 1997. Okay. That's good to know. It's good I'll, to know. I'll keep that in my back pocket, too. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Right. Just nice, nice to imagine that. What, Anne Frank? Yeah. Wow. I just imagined her. Well, it's pretty nice. Do you think Anne Frank would have liked the American Pie movies? I mean, honestly, anything to pass the time in that goddamn attic, huh? <laughs> And that's the show. Join us next week for American Pie presents Girls Rules. This time, the girls. No, they did a lot of a lot of men were sexually assaulted by women in this movie. So I guess it's uh, just a continuation of the same sad shuffle forward. God, what an exhausting, exhausting series. We'll find out.